Good day, fellow investors. Welcome to the Modern Value Investing Podcast with Sven Karlin, where we compound investment returns as well as investment knowledge in order to help you achieve your financial goals. Good day, fellow investors. As it is our habit, the new guide to markets is out from JP Morgan, and we are going to discuss the outlook for 2024 regarding to the key factors there, equities, economy, stock market, interest rates, the Fed, and discuss the fact that we do live in a very, very crazy world, distorted financials, financial engineering, huge debt levels, the biggest debt bubble in history, and then we have to see how to invest in that environment. I know that Peter Lynch says that if you spend 13 minutes a year on economics, you've wasted 10 minutes. However, reading the recent last edition of the security analysis and Seth Klarman's chapter there, he says that we have to be conscious of what's going on, how the Fed is distorting the markets, what's going on with debt levels, because it will have an impact on our investing going forward. So I don't want to predict economics, but I want to discuss where to fish and where not to fish with our money for investments. And also something very important, discuss the risks that your holdings have that you might not be aware of, And also check on our own the data and projections on Wall Street that you will see are often very, very misleading. So let's talk about the stock market and let's talk about valuations. The S&P 500, now the forward P ratio is at 19.5. The S&P is close to all-time highs compared to January 3, 2022. And we have had this crash in 2022, a big rebound in 2023, and now the market is still doing well, everyone likes it, and everyone expects mild things for 2024. However, this is the forward price earnings ratio that is still one standard deviation from the 30-year average. So you could say that stocks are expensive from that perspective but this is the forward P ratio that is done by forward expectations. If we look at the real P ratio based on as reported earnings the P ratio is 26 not 19 which is the first distortion in Wall Street's prediction and data showing. If we look at the last 25 years we can see that when the P ratio is at current levels, the returns are on average not that stellar. So you can see that the higher the P ratio, the lower are your returns. But this is still a positive environment because they are using just the last 25 years where on average P ratios have been very high. If I look at this since 1881, then you see here that when the P ratio is at current levels, thus at 26, we have some positive data, which were the 1990s, but if you look at the subsequent 10 to 15 years, the average for the US, which is here on the yellow, the average returns are actually very, very 
ugly. There have been some outliers here, that is one period with high returns, but those high returns disappear as you go above a P ratio of 20. Therefore, higher risk and lower rewards. And there are two SAP 500 earnings, as I told you already, so be careful when looking at Wall Street data. We have the forecasted earnings from Wall Street, as JP Morgan shows here, that are expected to be 220 in 2023, and then going up to $276 per SAP 500 share, if you look at it from that perspective. So extremely positive, 11 12% growth going forward in earnings. However, this is their projection 220, remember that number. If I look at the current earnings per share as reported, those are 182 for 2023 as of now. And compare that to Wall Street projections, JPM has canceled this chart because it shows you the projections that were there for 2023 and those were that the S&P 500 earnings will be $250. The reality is now that those are 182. For me, that is a huge difference, but Wall Street doesn't want to look at those real numbers. They prefer to look at those estimated future numbers because that's the only way to justify the current stock market level. Continuing on valuation, if we look at value compared to growth, growth companies, the Magnificent Seven, are really priced exuberantly, but value is priced alongside the long-term average. And if we look at value versus growth, when it is cheap, when it is expensive, we are not yet at dot-com bubble levels, but Value is where you can find, let's say, less risky investments going forward. On the other hand, growth, yes, those are great businesses that will likely do well over the long term. So it is impossible to predict, but if you want to be lower risk, then you stay away from growth at this moment in time. Plus, I think the markets are distorted because we have had a very, very crazy decade, 15 years since the Fed started printing a lot of money, interest rates were at zero. And for the last 15 years, we have had just two negative years, 2022, and a little bit here in the late 2010s. But for the rest, it has been nothing but positive for the stock market. And we'll discuss later in the fundamentals, also economy and balance sheets of the Fed, how this might not be something sustainable. I hope it continues, but I feel it is very risky to just invest there for the long term, because the long term if you count it five to 10 years, might not be that positive. But everyone is disagreeing with me because they keep pounding their money into the United States market. And the United States market is now 63% of the global market capitalization. And emerging markets with 5.5 billion people are just 10% of the global world stock market capitalization. So. If the money keeps flowing into the United States market, we might see a continuation of these great returns with just a little bit of 
dips here and there. However, as Benjamin Graham taught us, the stock market is a voting machine in the short term, even if the short term might last 15 or more years, but in the long term it is a weighing machine and this is where you make your wealth on company fundamentals over these market cycles. This cycle, yes, is lasting 15 years, We'll see for how long it will last and for how long the United States will keep driving everything regarding to the stock market. Speaking of the United States, let's discuss the economy, which is also a very tricky situation to look at. If we look at GDP, there are two factors here extremely important. First, that 17% of GDP is government spending and 67 is consumption that has been enjoying extremely low zero interest rates, which now have changed. There is some pent-up demand, some savings that are still being spent. But going forward, this is the reality. And if we look at the federal budget for 2023, borrowing is 28% of the government's total spending. So they make so little compared to what the government spends. And to me, in my eyes, this is a very unsustainable situation, especially as interest rates are going higher. And the forecast is that the government will keep borrowing like that forever. That has never worked in history, but we will see how it will end. Going back to GDP, if the government is borrowing a quarter of what it's spending, then this 17%, a quarter of it is on borrowed money. Thus, approximately 4 point something percent of GDP, thus of GDP growth is there at the cost of future generations, thus engineered, thus fake. Thus, we are already in a big, big recession. All the governments borrowing around are. We have now the first implications of rising rates that are st starting to show up and credit card defaults went from a low of 4% in 2021. And as those rates started going up, now we are at credit card defaults at 8% delinquent over 30 days. The last time that went up like that, 2006, 2008, and we all know what happened afterwards with the great financial crisis. I hope it doesn't happen, but we have to look at rates and inflation to see what is the outlook out there. The Fed's recent meeting minutes discussed how rates might stay higher for a little bit longer because of the situation in the markets and inflation not yet subdued, but we will see about that and how that will affect long-term projections. For now, inflation is still a little bit above 3%, so we have core CPI at 4% going into November, the last data here. But the projections, what the market is pricing in is that inflation will go down on a slowing of economy possibly, but that will force the Fed to cut rates significantly already in 2024. So going to 3% and then stabilizing around 3, 2.5 expected by the Fed. But that might not be as the market is projecting. And if it is like this, then there will be a lot of turmoil in the markets because now 
with these high stock price levels, this is what is expected. I don't think anyone can predict what the Fed, not even the Fed can predict what will they have to do in the next 6, 12 months, 2 years. So when it comes to investing, I try to invest that no matter what happens, I am okay. If interest rates stay high, I want to be okay. And we'll discuss also where to look for opportunities that should do okay, that you can accumulate over time, even if interest rates stay high. Of course, there are also opportunities that will be okay if interest rates go lower. Speaking of money, the Fed has been aggressively selling bonds a little bit. The ECB just starting, Bank of England and Bank of Japan not even thinking about it. But okay, this is the market implied forward rates and rates need to go lower because the government of the United States cannot sustain this. So we have a situation that the current net interest spending is $659 billion. And if this goes forward, as a friend of mine likes to say, that Europe, but the United States might not be far away from that, is a sick old man living in woke denial. And the latest news is the US national debt just hit a record of 44 trillion. And 44 trillion, if interest rates stay at 5% that where those are now, that's what they need to borrow to cover just the interest rate. This will triple if interest rates stay at current levels, which leads into a very, very difficult situation where it's very hard to predict. On one side, we need to cover for likely higher inflation for longer, ups and downs longer term, and then protect everyone that has huge amounts of debt with low interest rates. The current high interest rates are not sustainable, nor for the government, nor for consumers, businesses out there, given the huge debt pile. And the Fed might be forced to lower rates, but if that pushes inflation higher again, as we have seen over the last two years, you never know what can happen and whether the Fed might lose control going forward. We will discuss this in a special video on how the Fed might lose control, what needs to happen, so subscribe for that. Discussing debt interest rates, we can discuss an investment that has been very, very pushed forward, even by me from a risk and reward perspective, which are bonds at the moment. However, you must understand that the global debt market is now in the biggest bubble that it has ever been in the history of humanity. And we have 140 trillion of US debt globally, mostly in the US, developed markets, Europe, etc. And then the smallest amount in the emerging markets that we'll see later are also, are also the cheapest out there. If we look at that, yes, treasuries are a good buy now if you think that interest rates will go lower. But no matter what, long-term investing, you just hope to beat inflation with treasuries in this financial environment, rigged financial environment. Nobody made any money, real returns over the last decade investing in US treasuries. This is because inflation is in line with nominal yields, so real yields are a little bit negative, even if they, those were but just a bit positive over the last 70 
years. If we look at what the yield curve now is, we have very high current short-term interest rates that are a good risk and reward to park your money. But if you look at the longer term, let's say the 10-year treasury, people are buying it because if interest rates go down, this should go down and then you make money because the value of the bond increases. So if you pay 100 now, this is just simple mathematics, not really correct, but over 30 years you get 4%. If interest rates go down back to 2%, this doesn't actually double, but it goes up very, very significantly. And that's why there is higher demand for these longer term bonds where you can make money on capital appreciation rather than short term bonds. But this is implying interest rates will go lower and this is what the market is implying, lower Fed rates, everyone lowering rates, but you can never predict that because we cannot know what the impact will be in the future. Anyway, bonds, okay, good to park your money, but over the long term you won't make much money because if we compare to inflation at 2% over the last 20 years, few made money on bonds because real inflation I think it was above 4% so you don't make any real returns going forward even if the nominal returns were positive 43 out of 48 years. So long-term bonds are a no-go but short-term you can park your money until you find something better with a better risk and reward situation but keep in mind inflation given the current financial environment is still always around the corner. Now, on greener pastures, let's discuss international markets. Price to earnings discount to the US is now two standard deviation from the last 20 years averages. The dividend yield is also two standard deviations higher, which means relatively, but also absolutely cheaper to invest in global markets. Of course, US markets did great, earnings exploded, but also growth ahead given the financial stimulus that has been there. However, if you look at this, we are now paying P ratio of 20 for the US, Europe is already much cheaper at 12, and China even cheaper below 10, emerging markets at 10. But What's going on with emerging markets? Middle class contribution, 1.1 billion people will be added in those emerging markets to the middle class, higher consumption, growth, economic growth. But the P ratio is like the world is ending there. And if we look at buybacks, given high prices, the buyback yield in the US is just 2%. In my eyes, that's a huge destruction of money. You can check my videos on buybacks where I discuss the issue. It's a huge destruction in my opinion and it won't end well. Further, if we look at emerging markets, China expected growth going forward the next four or five years is 3.5%. India is above 6%. Emerging markets on average 4%. US with the distortions that we already discussed, the government buying growth, GDP growth, I don't know whether this is sustainable. So international is cheaper, 
we might look for investments there going forward or global investments like I'll do a research, deeper research on lithium stocks to see what is the risk and reward there. Now on investing opportunities we have to consider the short term and the long term. Short term investing if rates go lower that might do well for a lot of things plus lower rates more money less debt issues higher buybacks and those buybacks are simply pushing stocks price higher but if you look at reality this is reality comment not wall street from unreal druid explaining how his friends running a metal shop producing high precision machined parts for various applications has seen his orders dry up almost completely another with the wood shop his rent tripled and his order are dry this season so this is recession discussions similar in Europe and that's something we have to look for going forward in 2024 there is Wall Street and there is reality thank you for this great comment and therefore I can't predict what will happen we have recession inflation higher lower rates but if you just don't know you can park your money in bonds short term like Warren Buffett is doing but be ready to act if that isn't that's just very very short term until you find something better something better immediately that you can research while you have your money parked is emerging markets with low PE ratios but also debt loaded companies and that only if the market is right on interest rates if interest rates go lower more financial liquidity easier to refinance that that everybody happy cheaper to do that then those debt loaded companies might do really well in the next 6 to 12 months but this is short term investing as i said real long term investing includes that federal finances are in a ponzi scheme and i hope this bubble doesn't burst i hope it lasts forever but we will see what will happen we have to invest in a way that no matter what happens when it happens we do okay we survive whatever financial storm might be ahead of us even if now everything looks that great thanks for listening if you have any comments please let me know if you enjoyed this podcast please leave a five star review as it means a lot to me thank you And I'll be speaking to you in the next episode.